It's the unofficial tip-off of the NBA season. Sacramento Kings Media Day 2023 is here. I take you inside the practice facility where you're going to hear from 11 different members of the Sacramento Kings right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all off-season long, soon to be all regular season long. Heck, let's say all pre-season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off of your first Purchase. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News, and I love how the Sacramento Kings practice facility transforms into just this gigantic media circus. That's essentially what media day is, and I have to imagine from a player's standpoint, I'm sure it's it's fun in one sense because, hey, it's, it's, it's kind of, like I said, the unofficial start of the season. Once media day happens, you know, training camp is right around the corner, which, of course, Kings training camp starts tomorrow. Uh, that means preseason is a week away or less than a week away with the Kings playing on Sunday. So I'm sure that aspect the players enjoy. But it essentially is, if, if you don't understand or if you haven't seen pictures, the Kings turn their practice facility, which is extended or is an extension of the Golden One Center. It's attached to the Golden One Center. They turn it all into different media stations or media booths almost, right? All the photographers and, and the different photographers from the NBA to the team photographers for all their headshots and things you'll see throughout the broadcast to like an NBC sports booth where they'll do their interviews and some of the stuff that you'll see featured uh, on Kings television broadcasts all year long. Then they go out to the court uh, the, the main Golden One Center court, that's where they shoot with all their pyro and their really, really cool shots that you see in like the, the Kings intro and hype up videos before games. It is a circus. It is fun. It is exciting, but it is a mess of times. It's like, a, it's like perfect chaos in so many ways. And I've experienced many, many media days. I imagine it's probably exhausting and sometimes pretty annoying for players, uh, but they always do a great job getting through it and also spending time speaking with us, myself, and, and the rest of the, uh, the the Kings kind of media contingent were tucked into the corner where we did uh, a lot of our interviews, many of which you're going to hear on this podcast today. Like I mentioned, 11 different members of the Sacramento Kings you're going to hear from today on this episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You're going to hear from De'Aaron Fox, Mike Brown, Monty McNair, DeMontis Sabonis, Kevin Herter, Sasha Vizenkov, Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell, JaVale McGee, Harrison Barnes, and Trey Lyles. And you may realize that there's some names left off of that list. It's because for time purposes, I couldn't fit them all in, but you can find uh, like Malik Monk and you can find the rookies like Colby Jones, Jalen Slauson. You can find Jordan Ford and all those other guys. Uh, you can find them online uh, pretty easily. But uh, a lot of stuff to get to on this podcast. So let's enjoy the beginning of the Sacramento Kings season. Let's hear from uh, all of these guys. Before we get to that, though, I really quickly wanted to share a couple takeaways that I had uh, from Media Day. And a lot of these are going to be um, emphasized by the comments that you're going to hear uh, over the course of this podcast. But some five really quick takeaways uh, that I came up with. Number one is this Sacramento Kings team. Their goal is not just to make it out of the second round of the playoffs. Their goal is to actually compete for a championship this year. And to some extent, you could say, oh, yeah, that's lip service. Like every single year, teams say, we're making the playoffs or we're competing for a championship. We have the team to do it. 
And in reality, there's only a small select few who actually can. I'm not saying that the Kings actually can or that I fully believe that the Kings can be championship contenders, but I do believe that they believe they are. I believe that Mike Brown has set that goal for this team. They might not reach it. It's a very, very tough goal. Only one team every single year can actually reach that goal. But that's the goal that they've set for themselves. And you're going to hear Mike talk about it. You're going to hear De'Aaron Fox uh, also emphasize it as well. So I believe this team genuinely has the championship in their sights, not a year or two down the road, but this season. That is the standard that they're holding themselves to, which is the standard we, that we can hold them to, uh, them to. Number two, and you're going to hear this a lot on today's podcast, Sasha Vazenkov might be an even better shooter than we realized. And that's without even seeing him shoot. But to hear his new teammates talk about the way that he has been shooting just in like uh, workouts and, and just with players getting together over the course of the last couple of weeks before training camp begins, it's pretty astounding what you're going to hear about Sasha Vazenkov and his, uh, his shooting ability. Also, like you're going to hear too from Davion Mitchell. And I'm, I'm really excited for you to hear from Davion because I was – extremely impressed by Davion Mitchell. I thought he, he came across really, really well in this media day. When I tell you Davion Mitchell has opened up, like he has, he is extremely different in terms of the confidence of how he speaks, the way that he speaks. I think Davion Mitchell is not only uh, evolving as a, a basketball player and, and making himself more comfortable in his basketball role. I think Davion Mitchell is also becoming a lot more comfortable in being a leader whether it's a vocal leader or a leader by example on the floor. And the Sacramento Kings can't get enough of that, especially uh, on the defensive end of the floor. So you're going to hear from Davion Mitchell. I was really uh, impressed by him and his transparency uh, that you're going to hear later on in, in the pod. Uh, so many great things from, from Media Day. I, I thought that it's very apparent that the organization has gone from, and this kind of happened last year, but the organization has gone from like the dark cloud of constantly losing and, and kind of a toxic environment to now really a family environment. You're going to hear so many different members of the Kings talk about how much of a family atmosphere it is. And of course, a lot of that has to do with all the players and coaches having kids at the same time right now. There are a lot of kids uh, in the Kings extended family uh, right now, but, but it's really become a family atmosphere in Sacramento. Uh, and finally, and this one's kind of like a throwaway, we're so close to Kings basketball. We have preseason basketball. The Kings are playing in Vancouver against the Toronto Raptors uh, on Sunday. We're so close, and still it feels like so far I'm even more excited for Kings season than I thought I would be after today, uh, which I guess I feel that way every single year. But you're going to feel that way too, and you're going to know why after you hear uh, some of these members of the Kings speak. Let's start with the star. Let's start with the leader, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, and right after him, you're going to hear from Mike Brown. So they're going to be back-to-back -back before I jump in and interrupt. And both of them really are the ones that set the standard and set the tone for championship expectations. The national TV games this year are way up for the team, but especially national TV games here in Sacramento kind of showcasing the fans. You've talked about the fans a, a lot and just the atmosphere a lot. Is there a sense of pride in that, knowing that the NBA kind of wants to showcase that more? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we went from... I think we had like what one or two scheduled last year. I think we fell into like an, an extra one. I think the one against the Knicks was an extra one. Um, it's cool that we actually start the season off um, with those nationally televised games. I think um, it was great for people to see us, even those games, and then even in the playoffs. So um, I think it's an exciting time. I think a lot of people are happy that the Kings are you know kind of back, and we want to uh, continue to build off the momentum that we had last year. We have high expectations for ourselves. Like we all. We all want to win a championship. I think that's that's our next goal. Um, you know, your next goal isn't to just get out of the first round. Like, you know, you don't get anything for that. So, 
for us, that, that's our next step. That's what we want to achieve as a team. And um, I'm sure everybody in here has obviously individual goals, but I think they all come stem back to us being a better team. So uh, that's, that's what we're worried about. That's all we're worried about. And we come in, we're trying to come in from day one and uh, we're trying to achieve that goal. It seems like you spent a lot of time with Keegan throughout the offseason. How do you see him grow, and what do you think are reasonable expectations going into this year? I mean, just being around him, just as a person, uh, just coming out of a show, it's it's definitely been a great to watch and great to witness. Uh, I mean, he's being he, he's becoming more comfortable putting the ball on the floor. Obviously, he's one of the best shooters in the league, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Um, but for him, it's really us trying to add another player that can create for themselves at, at some point. Obviously, um, the way that we play, we don't need him to do it a lot, but there are times where you know the clock's winding down or he might have a mismatch and uh, he has to go to work. So I think he's become a lot more comfortable doing that. I know you're excited about adding Sasha. I'm curious what stood out to you now that you've seen him play a little bit out of these workouts. Man, he shoots he, he shoots the piss out of the ball. It's crazy. Like um, one, of our, one of our shooting drills, I think, is like 150 shots, and I think he missed seven. Like, like he's up there with some of the best shooters in the world. And uh, for us, you know, we're telling him, because I think when he first got here and we were playing pickup, you know, he's kind of trying to fit in, trying to fit in. And I think he traveled more than he did in Euro, in EuroLeague. <laughs> and that's saying something if you're traveling in the NBA. Um, but we want him to be comfortable and we want him to know that, you know, he has a green light to shoot the ball. I mean, like I said, one of the best shooters in the world. Um, that's why you're here. We want you to shoot the ball. If you think it's a bad shot, it might not actually be a bad shot. Um, but once he gets it going, man, it's like the net's not even moving. It's crazy. We're actually just sitting there watching him shoot the ball. Well, what's the next step for you, do you think, in, in terms of elevating your game and um, even just your, your, your place in the league? I know you're not necessarily concerned about that stuff, but I would imagine that you, you view this as an opportunity to maybe put your put your flag in the ground, so to speak. Oh, I mean, for me, I think it's just consistency. Just being able for as many games as I play, be able to affect the game every single game that I'm out there. Um, and I think that's that's what separates, you know, good from great, uh, great from good players and good from bad players, is how consistently can you be great? How consistently can you be good? And I think that's the next step for me. Don't, you know, I don't want to have a, a two or three week period where I'm just not playing well. Just try to cut those slumps in half as, or as best as I can, as best as I can, um, for as many games as I can. You said at the end of last season, this is the first time that it really stung for you for, for the season to come to an end. Did that, was that different motivation this off season at all? Did this off season feel a little different because of that sting? Yeah, for sure. Just knowing what it felt like, knowing um, what it felt like to be one of those teams that you don't know when the last day of your season can be. because. There are times where you know April, what April fifteenth or fourteenth, whatever it is, that that's the last game of the season. So, um, going into it, especially going into Game Seven, we could have either been that could have been our last game, or we could have had two more weeks of basketball. So, um, I think that's what stung the most, knowing that we we had a chance to be playing for a long period of time. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like it helped us and it, it motivated us even more. And I think what does bring back the same most of the same guys and. Uh, really our same rotation back, I think it, it, it helped all of us. Your name has been in the Team USA possibilities. Is that something you'd be interested in if you were invited? Uh, things change in the future. Right now, it's not something I'm worried about. I'm trying to think of a nice way to put this. Uh, <laughs> right now, in this very moment, I really don't care what's going on with Team USA. That's not on my mind at all. Um, like I said, in the future, it could change, but 
um, as of right now, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not thinking about it. How do we handle expectations? And I tried to simply put it to our guys that, hey, we have to understand and acknowledge that, uh, yeah, the expectations are high, but our fans' expectations are our reality. You know, we expect to compete for a championship. So any of the noise that we hear out there, uh, you best believe that we're trying to attain that and more. And when you say you expect to compete for, for a championship, yeah. uh, given your experience, what's the difference in terms of the day-to-day -day standard that a team has to have during a season when, when that is the expectation versus what your expect or what your hopes were last year to just sort of break that playoff drum? Yeah, uh, again, like I said, uh, we have to understand, you know, that, that, that uh, the enemy of the great is good. And, uh, and most teams, and I say that because most teams are satisfied with being good. You know, because everybody, everybody can live a good life at the salary they at the rest of their life and not knowing that they think that they can't get fired and all that. Most teams would because most people in the U.S. have it pretty good. And uh, so I, I don't want our guys to be complacent because when you think that way, it's hard to be all in in the process of trying to become great. To go from here to here, in my opinion, is pretty easy. To go from here to here, that is freaking hard. To go from good to great is hard. And uh, you know, it's hard because people don't want to deal players, teams, organizations, groups. This applies to anybody. They don't want to deal with uh, being open and honest with each other. It's hard to hear constructive criticism, you know, but you need to be open and honest with each other so you, we can all hold each other accountable. It's hard to uh, come in every single day and go through the mental and physical stress of just trying to uh, go a few milliliters or a few centimeters, however you want to call it, to go from good to great. You know, it's, it's, it's hard uh, to be put in uncomfortable positions and embrace that so come playoff time you know you've faced some adversity you've gotten out of your comfort zone now you're in deep in the playoffs and you got to make adjustments and you run into some adversity and you've already experienced that and got through that as a team during the regular season so now it may help you in a deep playoff run you know there are a lot of things that we will do on a daily basis and we're going to call it winning the day we want to win every single day that we're here and part of that doing those things focusing on the details, focusing on our work ethic and our competitive spirit, believing in each other that we're going to succeed because we're playing the right way. So there are a lot of little things that I've already addressed to our team that we need to accomplish in order to go from good to great. Darren Fox, this year, you know, he was on a high level last year, but uh, now you know, you're looking for him to hit that next plateau. What is your thoughts about him playing? No, he, he, I tell you what, he, he was absolutely freaking great this summer. Um, not only with his development, but he was basically here every single day. Uh, not just working out and work on, on his game, but he was around all of our young guys, helping them elevate their game. He took Keegan under his wing on a daily basis and uh, showed Keegan how to work, how to get better as well as the other young guys when they got here too. So uh, I, I'm excited about Foxy. He's just barely scratching the surface of who he can be as a player, um, which is scary. You know, it should be scary for everybody else. Uh, but he's also showing the ability to lead and lead at a high level.
when, 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 when he, last thing, when he talks, I told him this the other day. Uh, there have been some camps that we that uh, the guys got together at, and at the end of the camp, you know, I'm sitting there listening to them close the camp or end the day or whatever. And Foxy's always one of the guys that speaks up, and when he speaks, I'm a hundred percent engaged now because I'm holding on to every single word that he says because of his growth, his maturity in that department. Sorry about that. Sorry, what do you make of uh, what's happened in the West this summer and the, the talent and the depth you guys are going to have to go up against? Well, you know, a lot of teams have gotten better. You know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be harder than last year for sure. Uh, we want that. We expect it. And if we expect to be champions, we're going to have to step up, face the music, and get through it. How do you feel about your positional like versatility between the two and the three, the three and the four? Do you feel like you have a little bit more options now? Yeah, you, again, I, I like the group that uh, uh, Monty and Wes assembled. You know, um, I'm excited about seeing uh, how we perform as a group when the lights come on, uh, but on paper and what we've seen so far in the pickup games or scrimmages and uh, our little get-togethers, I do uh, like what we have. We also briefly got to talk with General Manager Monty McNair, who had a lot of great things to say. You're going to hear him uh, at one point in here. I, I ask him about, like, like just the, the strength of the West, or, or he talks about how much the West is getting better and, uh, and, and how he expects the Kings to, like, compete with that and go after that and that they can't get complacent. A lot of good stuff here from General Manager Monty McNair. It's great to, to have some uh, tangible success to lean on. You know, last year at this time it was, can you break the playoff drought? You know, what's your contract status? So, you know, what are you going to do with this this thing? How's coach going to do? Now it's, okay, how can you actually just repeat what you did last year? That's going to be a hard feat in and of itself and then the harder step of, of going forward. So, um, but I think for us, for our staff, all the things that we've built over those first three years to finally come and see uh, some fruits of our labor, we know we're not done, but it was certainly step one of what we hope is a, a long process, uh, you know, into championship contention for us. So, um, different questions, but uh, certainly a little more fun, uh, I think, on some of the questions we're trying to answer. I know you're focused. I know you're focused on your team, but with the Drew Holiday, Dame Lillard stuff, how closely do you pay attention to that? And also, maybe separating yourself from the job, how much do you enjoy kind of seeing those shakeups that happen around the league every year? Uh, we're yeah, we're certainly always, uh, like I said, exploring ways that we can improve this team. And we until we are a multi-time champion, even then we're going to continue to uh, try and push forward. We're going to look at those opportunities. But um, certainly glad when talent goes east. But the West is going to be an absolute dogfight again. Uh, I think this is my, I don't know, 16th year in the West, and uh, it is it never changes. So uh, for us, uh, the great thing is. Uh, we have a chance to be a top two, three, four seed again, and that's huge. Get home court in the first round. Uh, but there's 11, 12 teams that are dying to get into this this final eight, and so we can't rest on our laurels. Uh, as I told, I think I said this before, my four-year-old's asking why the standings say 0-0. Well, that's what happens. New season, you don't get to carry anything over from last time, and uh, everybody's starting from the same spot and trying to get to the same place. Mike said quite a few times last year that it's easier to go from bad to good than good to great. Well, what's going from good to great look like? Where in specific areas do you need to see those improvements made? Well, I would say, uh, you know, th those are going to be measured based on wins and specifically wins in the playoffs. So we, we know we're going to be measured ultimately based on whether we can advance uh, down the road, whether that happens hopefully this year. But like I said, we want this to be a multi-year playoff run. Uh, but, you know, 
certainly we, we need to figure out a way that we can continue to have our fantastic offense, uh, but get better defensively. And, uh, you know, there were some positive signs, especially in the playoffs. I thought we defended quite well. Um, not not quite well enough, but, um, you know, we got to figure out a way to do that for 82. And, um, you know, I think we've seen some teams with success uh, in a lot of different ways, but some with, with great offenses and, and good defenses that can make some noise. How do you think the continuity that you have, not just with the roster, but the coaching staff front office helps going into this year? Yeah, continuity is always important. Um, it's, you know, certainly one of the factors we look at, but, um, you know, we're looking at any way that we can improve the team. So uh, I think for us, certainly the deadline last year and this, this offseason, uh, we have a, a core group of guys that are going to be together for a while. We're excited to see that considering I think we changed around, uh, you know, most of the roster. Um, I think we're, we're now for the first time, I think my, my group since we came in, me, Wes, uh, Phil, Paul, I think everybody on the roster now we've either drafted traded for or signed either to a new a new contract or as a free agent so uh you know a lot of ways this is this is our group now and we're excited about what we brought in continuity is a big part of that but it doesn't mean that we're we're done and we stop looking at other ways to improve the team externally as well there's a cliche amongst coaches like you putting together a roster full of talent is a good problem for a coach to have but at this point with the the roster that you put together do you kind of step back in the front office, step back a little bit and almost enjoy Mike's process and the coach's process of building those rotations? Yeah, I wouldn't say we take a step back. We're always, um, you know, working with Mike and his staff to figure out what, what we need, what they need, uh, how they would utilize certain guys. Um, but I think, yeah, we, we, we know we need a deep team to just withstand the rigors of the NBA season. Uh, but it also gives you more opportunities for guys to step up. I mean, just look at the champions from last year and, uh, you know, different guys at different stages of their career taking a big jump to go from star to superstar or, or uh, you know, role player to, uh, you know, really good starter. So, you know, for us, we're going to need those guys to step up. We think we got 10, 11, 12, 13 guys that can be a part of that. And Mike's going to find eight, nine, 10 guys that are going to do that. And, you know, it might be seven, eight, nine in the playoffs. So, um, but, you know, for us, we got, I think we have guys, um, a lot of young guys, a lot of guys with growth. Uh, that can continue to find ways to uh, you know, help us even more on the floor. I think it's no secret that Keegan is, is going to be a huge part of how uh, far we can go these next few years. Obviously a top five pick. Um, I think he had a very successful rookie season. I've talked a lot about how he continues to answer questions that come up. Uh, you know, I, uh, The first two or three games of the playoff series were maybe not his best, and then he figured it out and had a fantastic end of the series and he's done that throughout the whole path now for him we saw summer league can he take on a little more of a scoring role can he be more aggressive i know coach made the joke you know he got some wiggle he took it coast to coast he dunked on guys so uh that's going to be a, a big step for keegan um we got big big hopes for him and uh i don't think uh, there's any secret about that he's got big hopes for himself you're still going to hear from eight more members of the sacramento kings in just a second but right now quick pause as i Tell you more about the sponsor at the top of today's show, Game Time. Yes, Game Time is back. This is an app that I told you a lot about, especially during the playoffs, because that was the first time I got to use this app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next event, whatever that event may be, especially a sporting event, but it could be a concert, could be a theater production, whatever it may be. Buying tickets on Game Time uh, is easy uh, from their last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, best price guarantees. Game Time is the absolute way to go. When I was in San Francisco covering the Sacramento Kings uh, uh, playoffs during uh, against the Golden State Warriors, there was one night where we had an off night and I bought last minute tickets to the 
San Francisco Giants game. My hotel was right next to the uh, Giants Stadium, Oracle Park. Uh, so my wife and I decided, hey, let's go and let's check it out. And we got killer seats last minute for like 30 bucks a pop, like 10 to 15 rows off the field. It was incredible. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's hear from DeMontis Sabonis next. Domas, a lot of great stuff here. And, and really my biggest takeaway from what you're about to hear from DeMontis is at one point, I think Deuce Mason asks him about playing in the playoffs through the injury. And he's going to give us an update like on the injury, what's going on with his hand. It's good news. I promise you that. Uh, but Domas doesn't make any excuses for himself. He can make all the excuses in the world for playing injured during the playoffs last season and that contributing to his performance. He doesn't make any of those excuses. Take a listen. How was the, the hand? I know there's no wrap on yeah. it anymore. Are we fully yeah. healthy? No wrap, nothing. Yeah, fully healthy. And no surgery needed? No surgery needed, yep. How, how much of a blessing was that? Uh, that was great. I mean, it was either take surgery or um, do rehab for a long uh, certain period of time. Um, both outcomes meant I couldn't play for a month or two months, whatever it was, you know. So we went over it, and the mo if, if you don't need to put screws in your body, they said, better don't do it, you know, so we went, we, we, we went with that route. You look at the season that you had last year and then the pieces that you've added, do you consider your team one of the elite in the West? Of course, you know, I, I trust all my teammates, you know, I know what we can bring to the table and um, what we have to improve on starting tomorrow, you know, and um, if we can get these things right, you know, I, I think we're definitely going to be one of the top teams. What is the expectation? Expectation for us is just to carry on building of, of what we did last year, you know, we set a culture here that, um, that we just got to keep the new faces to uh, buy into it and keep building on it. What do you feel like you learned personally from um, the seven game series against the Warriors? Um, I learned that uh, we can actually guard. Uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> things turned out how they could, but um, our numbers and all the analytic stuff that uh, the coaches do, you know, um, we definitely can do it, you know, and uh, we just got to start with that tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, maybe we use a lot of energy there, you know, and then they don't have the same uh, offensive power, but. Now, now that the coaches know that they say they know that we we we, we can be at a certain level, uh, they're going to push us uh, starting tomorrow. So if we can condition ourselves to do that and still do the offense we have been doing throughout the year, um, we're going to be a scary team. Teams exposed weaknesses too in the playoffs, mm -hmm. and it, it seemed like the Warriors, obviously with all their experience, did a good job on you guys limiting your offense. Um, were there things that you needed to focus on individually with your offense? Is it is it not hesitating on the mid range? Like what, what was it for you? Oh uh, yeah, of course. Um, you know. It, Shooting has been a big part of my of my game since since I came to the league, you know, and improving that and just um, being being con con uh, confident with it and shooting it, and at the same time learning when to shoot, when to not. You know, if I make a couple and it's open again, you know, at the same time I am the main hub of the offense and getting the ball moving. And if I decide to shoot every time, at the same time we're not this offense that we have created here. You know, so I trust myself and my IQ to figure that out during the games. You know, and uh, when to do what. Tomas, how much are you looking forward to the, the home opener against the Warriors? Not so much for revenge purposes, but to, I guess, get that test again from that yeah. team and how you've improved already yeah. over the summer. I'm just thinking about the fans. Game one at home against them, you know, uh, I think it's going to be electrical again, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
early thoughts on Sasha, just what he adds shooting-wise yeah. I mean, he's EuroLeague MVP, so I mean, to do that, of how his style of play is with shooting and not a lot of dribbles, cutting, uh, speaks enough, you know, so I just can't wait till training camp to get some time with him on the court. How much was your hand an, an issue for you during the playoffs? Because I imagine yeah. it's more physical, they're probably slapping yeah. at it. Was, was that... You know, I, I, at those moments, at, at those moments, you don't really, you don't really think about it. You know, you just play, you know, with adrenaline, with the medicine, with everything they put me on. So um, it's good. Next up, let's hear what Kevin Herter has to say. And this is where the love. I mean, you heard De'Aaron Fox a little bit earlier talk about how great of a shooter Sasha Vazenkov has been already, and how he's wowing the team so far. But Kevin Herter uh, was the one that, that first kind of put it on our radar. You're gonna love what Kevin has to say about Sasha. Fox shared at the end of last season that for the first time in his career being eliminated really stung, like the end of the season really stung for him. What was that sting like of, of being eliminated from the playoffs for you, and how has that motivated you, I guess, for this season? Yeah, I, you know, it always stings. Uh, if you don't make the playoffs, you always kind of wish you did, and you feel like you could have done better. And for us last year, it was um, so much positivity all year. Had a really good year, finished third seed, and then your know, first round exit, it feels like as much as everybody around us is telling us how great we did, it feels like it's a disappointment, at least inside the room. And so, um, Let's feel for this year motivation. Uh, lost to a really good team, obviously, but I think you know, the expectations uh, for us internally last year were, were going that series and beyond. When you look at the new guys like Sasha and Chris, what, what, what elements do they bring to this team that maybe you guys did not have last year? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sasha shoots Sasha shoots the hell out of the ball. He um, He's coming here all fall. He's broken all our shooting records that we had last year. He's uh, somebody that's already been in pickup. Just He's a shot maker, so he's really exciting. Uh, and Chris is a professional. You know, Chris is just super solid on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think really injuries derailed him out in Indiana, but he's a really good player, and so he'll help us a lot. Both of them will. Can you elaborate a little bit more on Sasha breaking team shooting records during the fall? Like, what did that mean specifically? Yeah, I mean, he just, you know, we have a lot of shooting drills we do as a team, stuff we do on off days, and he comes in, he doesn't miss. So he's, uh, you know, a couple of us have some work to do to try to catch up. Monty and Mike have both talked about championship expectations. How do you guys as players kind of, kind of navigate that and deal with those expectations? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not something that we've talked about too much, to be honest. Uh, not sure what expectations the front office or their coaching staff really has. I know that, you know, inside the room we have all the confidence in the world. Uh, we think we have a really good group, a group that when we're playing at our best can beat anybody. So uh, you know, I think for us and right now, just we're trying to get off to a good start. You know, last year we started 0-4 to start the year and dug ourselves a hole early. And, uh, Try not to let that happen again. Over the offseason, as we're trying to kill time, we typically go back and like rank or talk about moments from last year and your shot against Utah at home. Uh, just where does that moment just rank for you in your career, and what do you expect the atmosphere to look like this year based off of what happened last year? Yeah, I mean, I think you. Got, I think I get tagged in that video once a week at least on Twitter, <laughs> so I get to relive it uh, over and over again. It's uh, it was a great moment. Uh, Obviously, the sound of the crowd when the ball went in, it's, you know, still get the chills watching it. Even in the moment, it was even better. So it's definitely up there towards the top. Uh, have some other playoff moments that might be ahead of it. You know, that was still a regular season game at home, and I think it was February, January, February of our season. But uh, looking forward to moments like that. I think the fans are super excited for us this year, so I assume the crowds will be really good to start the year, or really over the whole course of the year, as long as we uh, do what we need to do. So we're all obviously really excited. And now let's hear from the EuroLeague MVP, Sasha Vizenkov. This whole organization of Sacramento made me feel like my second family here, so I'm really thankful. Thankful to my family too, who are here with me and helping me. And you know, I, I can't wait to start.
We've heard family a couple times from people. What is it about this organization right now that, that gives it a kind of a family environment? You know, it's it's different. Like from the first player to the president of the team, everybody's so like. Uh, how to say a human, a good human person, like good human being to help you, ask you every day how are you, like how is your family, and the connection is different. You know, if you don't feel it, uh, you can uh, say it, you can express it so much. Kevin and Trey and, and other shooters have already commented on the impact that you've made shooting and so far. What is your opinion or your perspective on the shooters that this Kings team has? You know, like offensively, I think the everybody sees what Kings can do, like the pace, the uh, speed, uh, how, how the ball moves, like I think uh, it's great. I think uh, the effort and the challenges here is how good we'll be in the defense event. Uh, we have to improve uh, and that will happen through the games, but we have to keep also our offensive standards really high. Where do you feel like you sit as a defender right now? Uh, you know, uh, you have to. It's a new challenge, and uh, even if you study the game and uh, you see video and tape, you have to feel it. You have to face it. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be improving uh, every day. I work out, and uh, I'm confident about myself. That's why I'm here. You, you've been on the floor, like in terms of living situation. Yeah, yeah, everything, everything. You know, I'm, as I said, I'm one month here. Everything is great. You know, I feel Sacramento is really calm, really like peaceful, really. House, like a big village, you know, without disrespect, but it's it's really nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> What's your uh, impression of, of De'Aaron and, and just the way he plays, the speed, all of those things? You know, like basketball-wise, everybody can see uh, what basketball player is, but like the most important is the human being, as I said. He's all-star player and uh, he's like really good human to help everybody out, uh, to practice with the young guys, to talk to them, you know. Uh, that's the difference, you know. Every like All good players can be all-star and like, uh, you can work for it, but to be the same person as you started and help the others out and to care about the team more than you care about yourself is really the key. What have you seen early on from Keegan Murray? Uh, like he's really hard worker, uh, really calm guy. You know, uh, uh, he's not talking too much. You know, but the work he puts in is like it's uh, it's what I like because uh, I can see myself like uh, how I was young. You know, obviously in different level, but work out every day. You know, try to improve himself in every aspect of the game, and think he'll be even greater than what he was last year. You yeah. talked about before, like how much you felt wanted and pursued by the organization, the front office and the coaching staff, but what about the players now that you've interacted with them? How much have they shown you that they wanted you on their team? Uh, you know, it's different because I didn't know the players uh, when I decided to come. So, you know, I decided to come on my own uh, perspective and on my own vision about myself here. So, of course, as I said, when you meet the players and uh, with so much experience in the NBA and see how, work, how uh, hard they work and uh, the good human beings they are, you know, uh, made that I show me that I made the right decision. Some kind words there at the end of Vizenkov talking about Keegan Murray. Well, Keegan returns the favor, plus talks about his next step uh, and more here uh, on Locked on Kings. Keegan, what's your uh, perspective on De'Aaron Fox coming into this training camp? Mike did mention earlier that it seemed like you know, he's stepping up, on, uh, stepping up to the plate as far as being a leader. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, He's been a really good leader um, in our pickup games and our and our off-court workouts or on-court workouts and in the weight room. So uh, just he's he's a leader that uh, leads by example, but he also is vocal. And uh, when it, when he opens his mouth, um, it's a good thing for our team. And he's done that and he's done a really good job at that. So he's been more vocal, uh, probably than he has been since the year that you've been. 
I mean, from what I've been here, or when I've been here, um, he's been he's been vocal. But I feel like he's kind of turned it up a notch, and uh, I feel like that's helped our helped our culture for sure. Bounce off that a little bit. Um, Mike Brown said that you guys kind of took you under his wing this summer. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been really good um, on the court, off the court. Um, we've been together. Uh, we see each other pretty much every single day this off season, and uh, with with his uh, with his family, uh, it's been special just to be with them and uh, be able to have that relationship and connection with them. And uh, I feel like off the court is is cool just to experience it because on the court, like we're competing, going to battle and stuff like that. So it's a different environment. You obviously showed a lot during the California Classic in those two games. Um, how much is the coaching staff imploring you to be more aggressive offensively this year and kind of showing what you have been working on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been in Sacramento most of the offseason, so I've been with a lot of the coaches during the offseason and stuff like that. And um, just figuring out different things within the offense where I can be successful. Because um, I know a lot of teams are going to try and take away uh, the three-point shot now and um, just trying to figure out what I can do off of that and different ways I can score and mid-range, get to the rim, stuff like and that. What do you think about Clay Thompson and, and Paul George? We were talking about some of the best shooters in the game. They, they mentioned you. Did, did you have, I'm guessing you heard it, but yeah. what was your reaction to that? Yeah, no, it was really cool. Uh, just because I've, I mean, I've watched those guys uh, when I've been growing up and stuff, and uh, they're they're really uh, good players, championship winners, stuff like that. Um, so, kind of have that respect in the NBA. I feel like it's it's big for me, but obviously, there's you can't get satisfied, can't get comfortable, even though um, like what they said is, it was really cool. Over the course of the playoffs, you really uh, seem to. You seem to get more comfortable, seem to figure it out, kind of yeah. applying that to this offseason, working with Fox or working just on your game. Does it just slowly progress or did something click for you? Or like when you have those breakthrough moments, what are those like? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've had a lot of breakthrough moments, but I feel like the playoffs uh, kind of exemplified uh, the rest of them. And um, I feel like the last three games or so, um, I found something in myself. And uh, to have it end, I feel like just brought more hunger and more confidence in me. Um, and into the off season, and uh, know that I can play at the highest level in basketball. So uh, just continuing that, and uh, looking back at that, and knowing uh, what I did those last couple of games. What have your early impressions of Sasha been, and how do you think adding another shooter with size will help this group? Yeah, Sasha, he's been really good. Um, just his shooting ability um, brings another element for us to be able to spread the court. Um, uh, he's, he's defended really well um, in pickup games and stuff like that, one-on-one -on -one situations. So I'm just excited to see him uh, grow in the NBA game. And um, he's going to have ups and downs. Um, as a rookie in the NBA, nothing's going to go smooth sailing. And um, just to see him uh, go through those like I kind of did last year. And I know he'll get over those humps. And I feel like he'll, he'll be a really good player in this league. Your brother going into his first year in Portland, how con in contact are you with him? Are you giving him advice going into training camp or letting him kind of figure it out? Yeah, I kind of I talk to him every day. Uh, pretty much Facetime him every single day. So um, he's he's had a lot of fun up there so far, even with all the, the changes they've had on their team. But uh, he's he's loved it so far. He's excited to get started, and um, my family and my parents are excited too. So uh, I feel like it's brought us a lot closer together, and um, I'm just excited to see him grow as a player and as an NBA player. When that schedule first came out, did you look for the Portland game to see when you were going to be playing him uh, against him the first yeah. time? Yeah, that was that was the one thing I saw. Um, I mean, we'll we'll be there during Christmas. Cause I think we play the day after Christmas, so uh, it'll be a family Christmas in Portland. Like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, I might have been most impressed by Davion Mitchell out of anybody that we talked to today. 
and you're going to hear why here in just a second. Great answers, especially when he talks about having his weaknesses exploited in the playoffs and how he's worked on those weaknesses. I just was very impressed uh, by this media scrum from Davion Mitchell. The biggest motivation, I think for me, is just, uh, I mean, losing in the first round of playoffs. Um, knowing that, well, we, we had a chance to, to, to get to the next round, and we don't know where we went after that. But, I mean, we had a really good team. We were rolling. But losing that kind of um, helped me and helped our team just a, a better motiva motivation for this season. You wanted to obviously concentrate a lot on your shooting. Is sure. it at an acceptable level for you, or is it still a little too early to tell? No, I mean, I, I love it. Uh, I've been working on it every day. Uh, I mean, of course, there's always going to be improvements, no matter who, who the shooter is. But I've um, just been adding little tweaks like that, little things that's helped me a lot. To being consistent, um, using the technology that we have here, um, helping me be consistent, talking to other great shooters, helping me be consistent, um, and little things like that. Sack has been waiting for a while to, to get playoff experience. Now that you've experienced that, like, how has what you in, uh, went through in the playoffs impacted or changed your game in any way? Changed my game. I mean, I would just say that, um, I mean, playing in the playoffs, they kind of exploit your weaknesses. Um, I mean, every team does it. Uh, you see it from the championships. Who, I mean, the people that won the, the championship Denver, they exploit everyone's weaknesses. And, I mean, they kind of, the Warriors kind of exploit my weakness a little bit, and I was a shooting last year. So, I mean, kind of just, it's kind of, that's like I said, it helped me motivate for, for this season. I mean, they can't exploit that because that's kind of going to, trying to be one of my strengths this year. Is that almost a good thing to have those weaknesses exploited so you know you can attack? For sure, for sure. I mean, it's kind of like losing. Uh, you always learn from losing. You ain't gonna, if you win all the time, you ain't going to never learn anything. So it's kind of helped me out a lot. You know, Mike talked about you guys need to be more physical. Mm -hmm. um, what, what steps do you guys need to take defensively this year to reach your goals? What steps do we think? I think, honestly, just um, not taking plays off. I would say sometimes we'd, we would have plays where we're really good defensively, and then you'll have some like, man, like, you're not going to help here. It's going to be a wide open layup. Um, so just not taking players off and being consistent throughout the whole season. I think that's what he kind of meant. Because he even said it a couple of times that even the playoffs, we was we played defense, but we wasn't consistent all year. In one game, we'll play defense. One game, we wouldn't. Um, when we're desperate, we'll play defense, but it's kind of too late then. So, I mean, just kind of being consistent, um, just having that. Because we, we have it. I mean, everyone is athletic on our team. We're fast. We're young. Um, we know how to do it. We just got to be one to do it every single day. I've said it here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I've said it on D'Lo and KC as well. I have high expectations for Davion this year. I think it's going to be a great year uh, for the third-year point guard. Well, it is the first year for veteran JaVale McGee, and I have to apologize ahead of time. There are some bleeped-out things. The biggest sound bites and the best quotes that JaVale McGee gave, uh, I can't play fully for you due to our Locked on regulations and rules about uh, cursing and swearing, but... You get the gist of who JaVale McGee is in these clips. JaVale, the decision for you to come to Sacramento, how much was Mike Brown uh, an, an influence on that decision? Definitely uh, one of the top deciding factors. Uh, just the comfortability I have with him. Um, just the, that, 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 that vocal of being able to just call your coach and really have a serious conversation and, and knowing that your coach isn't going to bullshit you and he's going to tell you what it really is. Uh, so I've always had that in Mike Brown, so I'm, I'm, I was, that was definitely a, a helpful thing that got me here. Did it surprise you at all how well he did in his first season last year here in Sacramento? No. Um, I know Mike Brown's, uh, I know his, his resume and what he can do. Um, so, yeah, no, it didn't surprise me. You've seen about everything that this league can show you. When you come off a situation like last year and do a fresh start, 
how, what does that do to kind of give you like a, a boost or confidence or anything like that? Uh, that's one thing about me, man. I've never needed someone else to validate my confidence and validate who I am or what type of player I am or what skill set I have. Um, I understand that my skill set doesn't fit with every system, but I've never looked at myself like my skill set is I'm the problem. You get what I'm saying? Right. So, no, I, I, I don't come here with more confidence or anything. I'm coming here with the same confidence I've always had is that I'm an elite uh, shot blocker. I'm a seven-foot athletic, agile um, veteran that uh, comes in here with three championships on his back and an Olympic gold medal, so I know how to win. And uh, I, I just and, and I have a history of bringing teams together also. So it's just so much positive that, that you can say about when you when you mention JaVale McGee that people never say and they just try to find the negatives. Um, but I'm not in the game of self-doubt. I'm not in the game of not believing in myself or letting other people make me believe something about myself that I know that's, that's not true. What excites me the most is uh, coming off the bench and being able to have the ball in my hands. Uh, the, 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 the way that this system works is they go through the big a lot and uh, every system I've been in where I've had the ball in my hand I've been successful not even on the scoring aspect but on the facilitating aspect and and, and being able to play make uh, and I'm just honored to be in that position because uh, because uh, you go to different teams they have different roles for their bigs and uh, sometimes people can't deal with those roles or they're not excelling in the role of not doing anything so it, it's, it's just people wake up for different things you know what I'm saying people wake up and and have ambition for different things and it's just uh when i when i was going over watching film of how they play and i realized like dang like the biggest the ball damn near every time they go down even if they're not if not plays not for them the biggest the ball and as a big man and i'm sure all the big men out there can tell me when you touch the ball even if you're not scoring it it just motivates you uh to keep going and and, 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 and keep playing harder for your team um when you're on the court and you don't touch the ball four or five times down the woods call it's just it's depleting um so yeah that's not happening here so it's a beautiful thing mike knows what you bring on the floor but has he talked to you at all about what he wants you or what you can bring to the locker room and as a leader for this this team um definitely uh he understands my professionalism he knows i'm a pro um he knows i come in every day to work he knows i'm not a distraction off the court um i'm not leading guys to do things they shouldn't be doing um so uh, he, he, I definitely know what my role is on this team and, and, and how I can help this team move even further. What's your thoughts on the theme? Do you think it's as an outsider's perspective? As an outsider, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, last year I was with Dallas and I, I you know, I did the, I do the, uh, the huddle right before the game. And the last thing I would say, I believe we played y'all back to back. And uh, the last thing I would say is, uh, just excuse my language, is in last, last one on these. That being, because <laughs> we like we don't want them to light it. Because if they light it, I mean you won. So we was trying to come in here and get a win. But being on the opposite side of actually lighting the beam, you know that's exactly what I'm saying. Let's light that motherfucking beam. <laughs> Someone's gonna make a light that M mother effing shirt, uh, beam shirt very very soon. I'm sure, and it'll sell like crazy. Well, let's hear from another veteran, Harrison Barnes, one of the old men of the Sacramento Kings now. And Harrison was in a completely different mood too from where we left him at the end of last season to he was very chipper very excited i think it's it's easy to see how happy harrison is to be back how's it good, how good does it feel to be back you guys told me it's nice to see you guys again <laughs> um 
No, it's great um, to be able to come back, uh, re-sign with the team, obviously be back on the court with these guys. It's been good. It's been a good summer. Uh, so excited to, to get practice started. You've seen a lot in those five years <laughs> to know that they were, you know, not only prioritizing you, but it comes at a time where they've kind of accomplished a little bit of a goal in getting to the postseason. Now to get the chance to build upon that, what does that mean to you? It means a lot. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of change. I mean, it's a very, very thin line in terms of where things uh, could have gone on this journey um, in order to in order to come back. So, you know, I'm excited to, to be back, to, to continue to build, to be with these guys, and uh, to, keep, to keep making more memories. HB, how does the weight of expectations feel compared to the weight of the, the drought and hearing about that every year coming into camp compared to, you know, now having higher aspirations? I think for us, it's 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 validating, you know, our new standard. It's it's a matter of you know so many so many teams, so many people, you know, before maybe weren't necessarily circling a Kings game on the, well, they weren't circling a Kings game on the calendar, but you know, preparing for us, you know, treating us with a certain level of respect and things like that. Now it's you know, can you do it again? Can you do it again? You know, year after year, and um, we had a great season last year, and we want to try to build on it this year. Kind of building off of that. The the amount of national TV games that, that the Kings now have this season, especially the amount that are here in Sacramento, it seems like the league wants to showcase the city and, and the crowd a little bit more. Uh, like, do, you, do you recognize that? Do you see that? What do you think of, of that opportunity? I was a little shocked we didn't have a Christmas Day game. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. I know Christmas hasn't come to sack, you know, often <laughs> in a while. Um, but no, I mean, I think the opportunity to, you know, have national TV games is great. It's great for the community. It's great for um, all the people that worked, you know, extremely hard in this organization to be able to be highlighted. So I think that's that's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, as a team, it's just, you know, great for us to continue to build and, and move forward in those matchups. What do, you think of the, what do you think of the additions you guys brought in today, or brought in this year with Jabelle, Sasha, Ted Chris? What you, just your early thoughts on that? I think they're all great. I mean, I think when you look at, you know, Chris and you look at Sasha, um, obviously, Shasha, you know, extremely accomplished overseas. Chris, you know, a, a good young player in this league. Um, you know, can help us with shooting because obviously that's something that fits our system, fits our style, fits who we are. I think one of the beautiful things about our team last season is that at any given point in time, we had somebody step up and, and win us a game, make a big moment. Like I think that's what really was kind of our calling card is that you know whether it was Trey or Malik or Kevin. Or you know, you just go down the list of guys who um, are able to step up and have the game. That's huge. I think both those guys have the ability to get hot, have the ability to keep the floor spaced, allow Fox and Domas to work. And JaVale, obviously, you know, he's a winner. Um, he's a presence um, in the paint. He's a guy who can alter shots, um, help us with the rebounding. Obviously, that was something that we struggled with last year. So um, I think all those guys, you know, I think they're great additions to, to what, we, what we have, where we want to go, what we're doing, all that. How much were you in contact with your teammates over the offseason? And did they specifically contact you at all, like after the deal was signed and the, the announcement yeah. that you were returning? What was the response of them to knowing you were coming back? I mean, we we had been we've been in contact the whole summer. I mean, we had a we had a team camp in Napa before free agency. I mean, we obviously had the team camp in Vegas, you know, San Diego. I mean, there was there was a bunch of different things, touch points, you know, us getting together in, in Southern California. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've been in contact all summer. I don't think it was anything different had changed in terms of how we communicated, how we always kept in touch, and how we always saw guys. Was that normal to do to proceed like you're coming back and like nothing's changing, or is that unique to this group? It, it, it's probably 
It's probably unique to this group. I mean, I think we, we naturally just – we all just get along together a lot off the floor. So naturally, I mean, I'm going I'm to see these guys, you know, in the gym regardless. You know what I mean? I'm seeing Trey in the weight room. You know, I'm, I'm on the court with Kev, Davion, you know, whoever it may be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we just kind of just – we just kind of kept it as business as usual. Um, just continued to bond that way. And if, if things would have went a different way, I still think I would have probably been on the court with them as well. Another guy that was very happy to be back with the Sacramento Kings – was Trey Lyles. He was the last King uh, that I have for you here on the Locked On Kings podcast today. One of the last Kings that we talked to uh, on the day. And I'm I'm just such a big fan of Trey Lyles. A lot of this reiterates why. But remember, at the end of last season, he spoke so much about how he wanted to return to the Sacramento Kings. So now we got to talk to him for the first time since he knew, or now that he knows and he's got a deal signed, he knows he's back with Sacktown. Trey, at the end of last season, you were talking about how much you connected with Fox and how much you know this coaching staff meant to you, how much they meant to you. Uh, how, how does it feel to be back? It feels amazing. Uh, like you just said, coaching staff, the team, front office, the fans, everybody in general uh, made me feel at home here the last year and a half, and uh, I'm, I'm just ecstatic to be back and, and be a part of this again. Was there a sigh of relief? I mean, did you expect to be back? Uh, honestly, you know, like I said in, in, in my exit interview, it was my number one priority to come back. And, uh, I'm glad we were able to get the deal done, and uh, I'm here where I feel like I was wanted and, and you know, felt like I had a good uh, relationship with everybody and solidified myself on the team, so I'm just excited to be here. You played the four and the five last year. Uh, what are you anticipating this season in terms of those two spots? Uh, honestly, I'm just, I'm just excited to go out there and play. Um, I've said it years past, and I'll continue to say it, whatever the team needs from me, if, I, if they need me to play center, if they need me to play power forward, whatever. Whatever gets me on the court and keeps me on the court, I'm, I'm ready and able to do that. You haven't had those conversations yet? No, nah, I'm just, uh, we just looking forward to training camp. You know, so. Kevin just shared with us uh, Sasha Vazenkov coming in and breaking some uh, some team records with shooting drills and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Have you been involved with that? Have you seen that? And what do you think about the, I guess, the shooting front court of this team this year? Uh, I think adding him to the team is, is a great, you know, depth in our shooting area. Um, he can definitely shoot, you know, coming in and, he, like you said, breaking a couple of those records already. So it just shows that he's, he's, he's capable and it's going to transition over here so I think everybody including him is just excited to have him a part of the team. Sorry to reopen an old wound but to, how much did the Warriors series linger this offseason and, and how much is that motivating I guess what's going to happen for you and for this team in training camp? Honestly I think it lingered for everybody a lot. Um, I think everybody knows we let you know a series get away from us but it's a building block for us as a young team that, that first time in the playoffs together so you know it, it's something that I think is going to be in the back of our minds uh, throughout the entire season and something and that's just going to motivate us to be better. How much can the experience of that series push you as a group to another level defensively over the course of the whole season? Uh, coach talked about it. Um, we played well defensively uh, in that series. Um, probably the most physical seven-game stretch of, of, of physicality defensive-wise that we played all season. Um, so I think for us as a team and for, for the coaching staff, we want to see that through 82 games and you know, not just wait until playoffs to pick it up. Um, and I think uh, us holding each other accountable and, and knowing that we're going to have to do that when come playoff time and, and go to another level, it should be easy for us to do it during the regular season. Another successful media day. And again, for the players uh, that I didn't play on this podcast, that you, uh, if you want to hear what they said, we spoke to every single player that was on that summer, or the, the Kings training camp roster. So if you want to go, you can, you can check those out. You can track those down. I have many of them. Uh, on my uh, on my Twitter account as well at Matt George Sack, uh, so you can find them there. If you want to react to any of the, of the 
quotes, any of the things that you've seen or heard uh, from the Locked on Kings podcast today and from Kings Media Day, please do that. Again, you can do it on Twitter at Matt George Sack. You can email me at any time, Sports at gmail.com, or you can leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. What's your number one takeaway from training camp? What caught your attention the most? What most excites you? Is it the, the Kings championship aspirations? Is it Sasha Vazenkov's shooting? Is it Davion Mitchell? Is it who, what is it? Let me know. Send those to me. I'd love to chat with you about that. Like I said earlier, tomorrow training camp begins and I will be at the Sacramento Kings practice facility now that it's back to normal and an actual basketball gym and not a media circus anymore. I will be there tomorrow. Uh, we get a limited window at the end of practice that Mike Brown lets us in and then we talk to Coach Brown and we talk to different players. So I will have a Day one of Training Camp Takeaways podcast with more sound and more quotes and, and, and my perspective uh, on what we're seeing in King's Training Camp. So you can expect that tomorrow. I appreciate those of you that were patiently waiting for this podcast today. Media Day is always exhausting. This is my first, like, this is my second technically Media Day covering the Kings with ABC 10, but in my new roles and new responsibilities. Plus, it was Monday Night Football tonight that we had to do a post-game show for. It was a crazy night in sports. But these are the nights that we live for. October is the best sports month of the year. Kings basketball is almost here. I cannot wait. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Can't wait to have you join me on training camp day one episode of Locked on Kings tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.